0: Everybody is entitled to their 15 minutes of fame. Now, you'll get to hear some of those people share their wisdom and insight on The Fame Game on Voice America Kids. Now, here's your host, Maddie Rose. Welcome, everybody, to The Fame Game.
1: I'm your host, Maddie Rose. And this week, we actually have another very special guest. Her name is Stacy, and I don't want to butcher your last name, so do you mind pronouncing it for me?
2: No problem. The last name is Blanche.
1: Blanche, yeah, I totally would have butchered that so good but I'm glad you said that so thank you so much Stacy, for coming on today for all of you who don't know who Stacy is she's actually not only a fashion designer but she's also a writer and author and film producer and I have to mention this part because I'm biased but she was born in San Diego California and I happen to be also born in San Diego California so I thought that was a pretty cool thing to put out there but thank you so much Stacy, for coming on it's a pleasure talking to you and um, I'm so glad you can make it.
2: Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate the uh, honor of answering any of your questions. Absolutely.
1: It's amazing to have you speaking to us all the way from California. So it's pretty cool that we can go ahead and do that. But, Stacey, first tell me a little bit about your story and your background.
2: Wow. Um, You know, it's born in San Diego. I was actually born in 1965. I will be 50 coming this June. And most of my time, I basically have spent doing business and marketing before mm-hmm. I headed into the fashion design world, but um, I started out going to fashion design school when I was about 18 until I was about 21, and then when I came out, my parents told me that they really thought that I should go and get a real college degree and do something that wasn't in the art world, and so I went into business and marketing and pursued that for the next I would say, 20 years. I went from airlines to the legal profession to finance. And then by the time I hit 44, I decided to try my hand in fashion designing. And in September, actually, I think it was September 23, 2010, I launched my first fashion show for Blanche Designs at the age of uh, 45. (laughs)
1: Wow, that's crazy. So you definitely did a little bit of jumping around to kind of find out, you know, what really worked. And I think that's the amazing thing to point out, though, because I think... I've mentioned this in my show before, but I just keep, like, hearing it, which obviously is saying a lot, the fact that people aren't always going to get it that first time, get it that first try. So for somebody who's possibly looking into pursuing a certain career, you know, maybe if one thing isn't for them, it's, it's all right to go out and explore to find out what you're really passionate about doing.
2: Well, you know, one of the things that I was serve, and, and it actually helped The fact that I did so much before I started to do the fashion designing, Mm -hmm. had I started the fashion designing when I was 21, I would have been very inexperienced Mm -hmm. because a lot of times you go into the fashion industry thinking it's going to be very glamorous. And when you get into this, and I mean, when you really get into this, it's just a business. It's a business where you have a product and you're trying to sell it to the market. So, if you don't have a business background or don't understand marketing or any, any of those types of things, you're not going to make it in the fashion designing business or the fashion business, period. You need to know how to do social networking. You need to know how to do communication. You need to know how to read and write. And I'm what they call a job jumper. So, if you were to look at my resume mm-hmm. when I was younger, um, one of my very first jobs at a college, um, The president was laying off about 4,000 people from our company.
3: Wow. And they
2: put a, and he, you know, what he did was very brilliant on his part. It was a very big company here in San Diego called War Industries, and they've been here for about 50 years. And because in the 1980s and the gas electric had gone up, they were moving all the jobs out of California. So he put a tent in the middle of our plant and he made three different speeches, and he had all four. All 8,000 of us, actually, employees under one tent at three different periods of the day. And one of the things that he said that has always stuck with me was he told everybody in two years, these jobs will no longer be here. So if you are at that job, I suggest you start learning a different skill. If you have only one skill, learn another.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. And that always stayed with me. So every time I went to go do a job... I always made sure I was learning another skill, and I was making more money. So it took me to be able to do that, to be able to jump around and gain all the skills that I have been able to gain doing all the different jobs I've done, because they've all come Mm -hmm. in handy. Every single one of those skills will come in handy when you get, it, especially now, for the young kids that are coming out of college. So true. If you have one skill set, you're not going to make it. Mm Mm-hmm. Most employers want you to be able to do different things, and when you learn along the way with all those skill sets is that you also learn the confidence and ability to be able to do anything.
1: Absolutely. So you're more,
2: yeah, you're more willing to try anything. And So when I got into the fashion business, it was very easy for me to see the people that were not going to go anywhere, and it was very easy for me to just stick with people that were very professional. Mm-hmm. And through the last four years, because of all the skill sets that I've had, I've been able to go into film. I've been able to go into writing,
3: mm-hmm. picking
2: subjects that I want to interview and putting them in magazines all over the world. I've been able to also put Blanche Designs, my company, in just two two years, basically, all over the world. That's amazing. And you can, yeah. It's, it, you know, if you don't have, like I said, if mm-hmm. you want to market, you can market anything. True. Mm -hmm.
1: And I think that's the amazing thing to point out is, you know, like you said, having one skill set and, you know, in today's world, it's more beneficial if you have multiple skill sets. If you're multifaceted, you're able to adjust to different environments, different, you know, work opportunities. And I'm glad that you just kind of brought that to light on my show as well, because I feel like many people who really are truly looking into what they want to do for the rest of their life, they should consider, you know, not just limiting themselves. And I've heard that in my life before, too. You know, growing up and doing, like, performing arts and everything, my parents were always like, oh, why just do singing when you can do, like, acting and dancing? So I can totally relate to you on that point, and I think that, you know, that is so relevant today.
2: Well, it also makes you more well-rounded. hmm That you can actually adapt to different things because the business changes so much. And when you start, when I started, if I were to start a fashion designing 20 years ago, it would be a totally different business than what it is today. Yeah. Social media, the internet, all that has changed everything for everybody. And, I mean, even now how they're even designing clothes is so different. It used to be that you couldn't go into fashion signing if you didn't know how to sew. Now you can hire people that can sew for you. So it's just you just it, it's adapting everything is adapting and if you're just stuck in one station mm-hmm. you're not going to make it
1: yeah completely and the next thing that I kind of want to go into you know glad that you we kind of started on the whole fashion designing first off, Mm -hmm. because I know that that's a major part of your career, but what is it like to be a fashion designer? Like, what does the work entail? I know you said that in the start of everything, people may see it on the surface as glamorous and, you know, it is a lot of hard work. It's definitely a lot of time, energy, creativity, you know, you're putting all of this, all your energy into something that you're truly passionate about doing to see the end result. Like you said, you know, fashion shows, and we. I was actually a part of a fashion show a few weeks ago, and I can tell that, you know, it's not easy. It's not something that you can just be like, "All right, no. we're gonna do." You definitely have to prep for it and put everything that you have into it. It's so true.
2: You know, I always if people ask these questions all the time. You know, in the in the circle that I'm in with mm-hmm. other fashion designers, I get a chance to talk to them. I'm what I, I I'm what I call a dream killer for a lot of people because. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, everybody wants to hear the great stories about how everything is just so beautiful. And I mean, it's just, it's not that way. It takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of time and effort. It's a team, it's a team effort. Um, And you have to make sure you have all the right team players. When you're first starting out, you don't have a lot of money, so you're trying to find people that are as passionate about you and have and share the same vision as you, which is very difficult to do because everybody has their own visions. Um, I think for me, and it's different for me as it is for the other designers that I am friends with that are in the fashion industry. They started when they were very young, that they never did anything but fashion designing. So when you talk to them. It's like it comes out of their every pore. It's all they care about. Their face lights up when they're talking about fabrics
3: (laughs) and design.
2: Um, For me, having come from the private sector of 20 years, I go into it looking at all aspects. Okay, I'm going to design this, but is this going to be what my consumer is going to purchase? You may have all of these great ideas about what you want to design, but you always have to come back to who's gonna buy this and a lot of designers don't do that they're so busy designing what they think is so beautiful that they don't think of who their consumer is and so you know for me i'm what they call the dream killer because Mm -hmm. i'm taking consideration of everything i go into it as a business i don't go into it as being creative only i look at all avenues of it so there's branding um, there is the consumer side of it, there's production side of it, there's learning how to make patterns, they're dealing with employees, um, making sure that all the rules and regulations are being followed, There's dealing with vendors, um, dealing with lawyers. Um, it just, it gets, it gets pretty much, it's, it's not easy, but, again, coming from a business background, if you know how to do it, you, you know how to navigate through it. If you don't know how to do it, then you have to hire a lot of people to do it for you. But there are parts of the fashion design industry that are very glamorous. I love doing photo shoots. Sure, because that's, that's awesome. where you Yeah, that's where you get to be your real the most creative because then it goes from a concept that you might have. My last photo shoot that I did was called Dance with the Devil. And we did a whole thing of you know, from the meeting all the way to the transformation to everything. And and having picked each outfit and who was going to play each role and, you know, designing the studio and the set, that was probably seven months and people traveling from Arizona to Nevada to come down and do the hair and the makeup, starting at 9 o'clock in the morning and getting finished at 12 o'clock that night and only having six outfits shot
1: wow that's crazy i'm so glad to hear about all of these experiences i feel like that's what completely drives you know what being a fashion designer is all about and just all the excitement of it but stacy we actually have to take a break really quickly so i'll have some more questions for you right after but keep it right here guys you're listening to the Bang Game.
0: what do you want to do are you interested in the performing arts We don't
1: care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
0: Looking for an on-air community where teens talk and the world listens? Tune in to Express Yourself, an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves. express yourself keep it right here you're listening to voice America kids you're tuned in to Maddie Rose and the Fame Game on the Voice America kids channel now let's get back to our show welcome back everybody to the Fame Game
1: I'm your host Maddie Rose we're back here with Stacy, and we were just talking a little bit about Stacy and basically her as a fashion designer. What does it mean to her to be a fashion designer? What kind of work needs to be put into being as such? And we were all we kind of just left on talking about one of her latest. Um, photo shoots that she did, which I think is very cool because it kind of gives you an inside look into what it looks like to do a shoot with her. But, Stacy, let's go ahead and lead off on this note. Tell me who you're kind of inspired by in the fashion world.
2: Oh, that's easy. Uh, you know, I love the masters. I'm always going to go with Armani. He's my top mm. um has been since oh, i I was in my teenage years. Awesome. Stephen Roland, Oadino, Laia. Um but a lot of the new ones that are coming along, you know, just coming back from Paris, I got a chance to see a lot of the new designers that are emerging on the market. I really, really liked um Tony Ward was one of them I like. He was from Australia. Um, of course Ely Stop was just absolutely gorgeous. Um Chanel I think Chanel was a master for many reasons because I think he's one of the very few designers that's actually taken a brand as old as Chanel and made it cool for young kids to want to wear it and spend three or four thousand dollars to own a piece of Chanel. Oh wow. Most is not. yeah, most designers have not made that crossover yet because most people can't afford to wear those clothes. So when you go to Paris and you see these things up close and you get a chance to talk to these designers and you see how the business is actually working, It's really exciting to see the clothes, the the films and the things that you see on TV. Just don't do it justice until you see it up close. But Stefan Rowland is probably one of my favorites right now.
1: That's awesome. And I'm I'm familiar with a few of those names, like you were saying, like Chanel and, and all of yes. that. I'm definitely aware of like, to be honest, like everybody on my show knows I'm quite girly. So I'm definitely, I, when I look at like shoes and handbags and stuff, all of those types of brands are really awesome to kind of peer into. And knowing the fact that you went all the way to Paris and got to see, you know, some of those brands and designs is such a cool thing. I Could only imagine him going to Paris one day. I've actually never been out of the country before, so.
2: Oh, if you love the shoes and the handbags, Mm -hmm. now uh, that's another. That's a big part of being a fashion designer in this day and age. That one of the rules is is that if you only do menswear, you won't make it. So you need to do womenswear as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But some of the best stuff that I've seen recently is coming from a designer in New York. His name is Milan Brenton. And um he does his silks and his patterns. he makes his own fabrics and he brands his fabrics with his initials in it. Um, but he just did a whole fashion show as a love Taiwan. it was just absolutely gorgeous from what I can see. but I've actually seen his clothes up close. I did a photo shoot with his clothes uh, about six months ago for a magazine that I worked for and feeling the fabrics and the textures. I mean, what people are doing in this day and age is really amazing. When you get to Paris, and some of them are doing biodegradable mm-hmm. fabrics that you would never even know, like they're making dresses out of bamboo.
1: Wow, like upside and
2: down. It's just it's, it's wild. It's, just, it's wild. And getting a chance to talk to them, and like I said, when you talk to these designers, their face lights up. They live it. They breathe it. They sleep it. They love it. They absolutely love it.
1: That's wonderful. So, if you were to kind of like dissect everything that you've done and that you currently are doing as a fashion designer, what would you consider your favorite part about it?
2: Fabric shopping.
1: Oh yeah, that's pretty cool.
2: It, you know, it's and it's where you get your it's where you get your most creative because I do a lot of um, I have a lot of ideas in my head of what I want my outfits to look like, but until you actually get the fabrics, you don't know if it's going to work. And it has happened more times than none that I'll go with my partner and we'll go to the fabric stores and our designs completely change when we see fabrics. Something else comes to your mind altogether and I've actually been in fabric stores and created things on my models. Mm-hmm. So it, it helps, you know, if you know what your, what your muse is. I have a muse of a person that I use and um, having a certain person Keeps in mind, I know my audience is over 35. Mm-hmm. I like women that are very well put together, want to wear statement pieces. And so if you know who your target audience is, it makes it, be, it very easy to create for them. And once you see the fabrics, everything comes alive. and it, 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 It's an experience that I can't explain until you actually go through it where you're, you're holding the fabrics and you're playing with them and you're draping somebody and you're seeing how it's going to look. It's... It's quite an experience. It's great. It's it's, it's creativity at its 100% finest.
1: I think that's awesome, and I'm just such a big fan of fashion. So I'm so glad I have the chance to talk to you and everything. I just think it's wonderful to kind of give a new perspective on like what a fashion designer actually does, what happens behind you know the clothes that we wear, the clothes that we see on TV, on the runway shows, everything of that nature. Because I'm I have to be honest, I again I'm one of those people who will literally be in the mall for hours upon hours looking at clothes because I'm like oh this is cute, oh this is a new design, this is different, I love the fabric on this I love the color you know it's like there it's endless possibilities
2: on fashion today and it, and, and so much goes into it because there's so much thought that goes into that and absolutely I don't think that people appreciate the person that actually somebody I, there was a designer that I met in Paris and he showed me a dress that was actually painted 150 times until they got the right shade of green that he wanted
1: What wow. color green
2: that's crazy and it was yeah, it was hand blown by the girl's mouth painted onto the fabric. The dress was gorgeous. I was it was just and I, I talking to the designer, I mean, I just when you see the, the things that people will do to get just that perfect outfit.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: or that perfect dress, it's just it's amazing. I, I I'm inspired when I'm around people like that. It just it, it elevates you, it takes you to a whole new level and seeing feed work and um and I've actually seen designs, and I thought, okay, well, if I change this, or I did this, and did that, and then you change to a completely different dress, and then you've got a new dress right there.
1: Definitely. So other
2: designers, you know, designers definitely inspire each other, but it's a creativity that's really a lot of fun to be around, especially when you're around people that are equally as creative as you. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. I
1: can totally see that. And I I love that part about it, like the little details Mm -hmm. of everything, you know, like you said, the beadwork, Mm -hmm. all the, the rhinestones that go into it, those fine details that just make, you know, a piece really outshine another. So with that being said and kind of going into that a little bit more, Stacey, what would you kind of consider like some of this season's trends because we're going into the fall season so now everything is kind of transferring over from summer to fall and as we know that's it's getting colder in some places even arizona
2: Ah. (laughs) san diego we don't have that problem for some reason we don't have seasons out here um you know i happen to be in paris everything is done in paris six months prior so when you want to i go by what's happening in paris when i do the fall and the spring trends, because a lot of people look to Paris first. Mm-hmm. Even though they're the last fashion show of the season, they're the one that everyone's looking to. So, um, with that being said, I was at Couture Fashion Week. Um, I got a chance to see um, a lot of the, they're doing a lot of um, prints, color blocking. I think is going to be out with the incoming season so I oh, think yeah? some color, color yeah color blocking was really big for the last year but I think that I think all that might be changing wow. I saw some color blocking but not I've seen a lot of prints they're doing a lot of really incredible things with print a lot of designers are designing their own fabrics so that it cannot be copied so you can't buy that fabric anyplace else so um, 3D fabrics are now coming in to where They're designing pictures. Um, I saw a lot of pictures of landscaping, um, different kinds of animals on a lot of the uh, fabrics. So I think animal prints, of course, you're going to get your staples of the blacks and the red dresses. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. You get your staples. They're always going to be in. Um, Armani's show was a lot of feathers Mm -hmm. for the fall. So I saw a lot of feathers, and um, it depended upon your lifestyle, too, because Parrish just did Ray-to-Wear. Right, um, Ray-to-Wear was very casual, a lot of linens, a lot of um, off-the-shoulder type of stuff, shorts. Um, Chanel did a whole collection where he did skirts with shorts underneath them. Oh, wow. That's interesting. It was very, yeah, it was very, very unique. Now, of course, these things are very expensive, but you'll find other designers will copy and bring down the price. Doing with different fabrics because the big design houses, like I said, make their own fabrics. And so their fabrics going to have crystals and beads and those kinds of things in them. But you'll find a dressier down version of it. So you might actually see the squirts
3: mm-hmm. coming back.
2: Um, I actually like those. Those are actually one of my favorites. Where they're sort of the, I, I not so just done very nice and, and tasteful. There's a lot of now coming out where you're. It's this a long dress with pants underneath it. Mhm. Uh Versace did a whole collection on that and that was gorgeous. Gorgeous.
1: Absolutely. I'm so glad you told me about all of these trends, you know. I try to be in the trend most of the time Man, I think it's Well, it... you no,
2: know, trends are okay. You want to stay with the classics because if you stick with the trends, it can get very expensive.
1: Absolutely. I think it's definitely
3: So nice. you, you know, you wanna have
2: a few trendy pieces but you wanna stay you wanna stay with the classics because you want them to be able to carry forward with you. But a lot of the stuff that I found, especially for the couture where it's always gonna be the beads and the crystals and I saw um Zahara Mirage show and I mean that was just the the bead work and the crystal work in that is unbelievable. Unbelievable. You don't find that kind of talent in the United States, I'm sorry to say.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, let's go ahead and take a break, Stacy. I'll have some more questions for you after the break. But for now, keep it right here. You're listening to The Fame Gang.
0: Looking for a show about your favorite movies, stars, and DVD releases? Dinosaur Detectives with Little Miss Dinosaur, Anna Dubois. We'll not only learn about dinosaurs, but also about fossils, ancient civilizations, and ask questions from paleontologists. You'll learn about science in general with an emphasis on paleontology and dinosaurs. Anna hopes that this show will start or increase your awareness and interest in the field of science. Dinosaur Detectives can be heard every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel.
4: Tune in every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, Toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Kids.
0: We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
4: It's Kids and Cars. If you could get behind the wheel of your favorite hot car, where would you take it? Join your hosts, who are both car enthusiasts, as they take you inside, on the road, and past the pits with your favorite concept cars. This is your chance to burn rubber and leave the others behind in the dust. Tune in to Kids and Cars, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Kids Channel. If you missed the show, you might as well be stuck in the garage. You're listening to Voice America
0: Kids, real kids, real talk radio. You're tuned in to Maddie Rose and the Fame Game on the Voice America Kids Channel. Now, let's get back to our show. Welcome
1: back, everybody, to the Fame Game. I'm your host, Maddie Rose, still here with Stacy, and we're just talking about some of the latest trends and how... Staying with classics is not always a bad thing. So I think that was a great note to kind of end off of. And Stacey, I kind of want to take this conversation into another direction. I was looking at your bio a little bit, and I want to kind of talk about a few other things of your achievements that you've done. And one of them is, I believe this is your book called Journey to Myself.
2: It's a documentary.
1: Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit more about that and kind of how that came about.
2: Well, the documentary, The Journey to Myself, um, was a written piece about, I want to say seven, eight years ago, my mom was getting remarried, and I found myself having a lot of very unique feelings at the time that she was getting married, even though I very much liked the man that she was marrying. I was sort of feeling nostalgic about wanting my parents to get back together at the age of 43, Mm so that was never going to happen. Um... I sat down and I wrote The Journey to Myself and I went over all the things that I was feeling and why I was feeling them. And what it did was it took me back to go through different periods in my life and how they all affected me becoming an adult. And The Journey to Myself basically starts with my parents getting a divorce at the age of 11 And very shortly after that, I was sexually abused by a relative, and one of the things that ended up happening as a result of that was that I was expected, this was back in 1976, things were done very, very differently than they are today. Mm -hmm. I was expected to just basically live with it. And over the years, it played out through my teenage years, and when I went to go and get some help at the age of 19, the therapist basically blew my family apart. And what I mean by that was she turned a family member in and everybody took sides and I lost my real dad's entire side of the family.
3: Wow. And I have
2: never had a relationship with him since. Mm-hmm. So the peace basically stops almost there it's a written piece and i entered it in some writing contest and i won some writing contest and i i let i left i left it alone
3: Mm
2: -hmm. fast forward to me starting the blanche designs and a gentleman by the name of jonathan metal came into my life and we decided to do a documentary on the fashion show that i was doing the second one awesome so that people can see what was happening behind the scenes of fashion shows And I didn't do social media at that time, so there was nothing really out there for the press to figure out who Stacey Blanchet was Mm -hmm. when I was doing this fashion show. So this piece is all they can find on the Internet because it had won a couple of writing contests, national writing contests. And so I started getting all these interview requests that people wanted me to talk about what had happened to me when I was a kid, and I just didn't want to do that because, It was so long ago, it was 20-something years ago, and I wanted it to be about the fashion show and not about me. Yeah. So Jonathan and I did a documentary on the life of Blanche Designs for a year. And at the end of that year, we did the Miss California pageant, we did three custom designs, we had the fashion show, and we were going to put it into a DVD and market it. Jonathan came to me and said to me, I don't want to do what we've been doing for the past year. I want to scrap the entire project. I want to finish the piece, the journey to myself. I want you to tell everybody what happened to that girl. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time, about five months, to come around to it. And I'm a big fan of Oprah's master class that she does, a master class series on the OWN Network. And I said, if we do this, I want it shot like the Master Class series where it's just me talking and we go through the different stages of my life. And that's where the documentary The Journey to Myself is. It's picking up from that piece and I take everyone to present day to from what happened to me when I was a kid to my family to what happened in the 20 years afterwards. And I take them all the way forward to the... Through the fashion designing, so um, what ended up happening was we took the video, mm-hmm. we uh, packaged it, and I entered it into some film con- film uh, festivals in the United States. I think it was about fifteen film festivals. We showed in two, and we won an award of merit in one.
1: Wow, that's awesome! Congratulations.
2: Thank you. It was a big deal, you know, and, I, and you know again. Here's what I'm going to tell your audience. All right. being naive Being naive played a big part in this because had I understood how the film festival circuit really worked, yes. I would have never entered into the film festival circuit.
1: Wow. So not knowing
2: how, how it worked, I just went for it, and it paid off for me. But there is a whole system to how it all works in order to get your film showed in film theaters and that type of stuff. You need to have a name person in your, you need to have a budget, you need to have PR behind you. Yeah, we didn't have any of that. We had nothing. We were a nothing film that just came out of nowhere. Wow. <laughs> so I, like, I know, it was, we were very lucky. Trust me, it's luck. It was luck.
1: Yeah, that's an amazing story to tell, though. And I like to point out the fact that, like, going through your story, it's amazing to kind of see like the transformations. I know I always have a period on my show throughout some time every single year that I kind of just reflect on, like, how much I've transformed, how much I've grown, mm-hmm. and, you know, everything that has come into play. What am I doing now? You know, what do I see myself doing in the next few years? So I think that's super amazing that you kind of put that into your documentary and people. People can actually see your story and what it's like to overcome obstacles and kind of be a success story yourself.
2: Well and I think what's important for people to understand there are people that come along in your life when they meet you everybody who meets me now knows me as the person who does films and writes and does the fashion designing and they don't know that there's a 25 year story prior to that. They think it looks so easy because all they see is what I'm doing now. They don't know all the hard work that went into getting to where I'm at, all the mistakes. I mean, there's tons. And that's why I thought it was very important in the documentary that I go through all of that. I go through the decisions that I make. Some of them altered my life forever. And some of them, some people are going to look at it and say, God, she's so irresponsible. Um, One of the biggest decisions that I made at the age of 28 was leaving my job, not having a job to go to, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and traveling around the world. Wow. Spending every time I had that I'd saved up, everybody thought was completely irresponsible, Um, my 401k savings, everything. But if I had a chance to do it all over again, I wouldn't change a thing. But, you know, to some people, that's considered irresponsible. To me, it was awesome. Mm -hmm, Most
1: definitely. And I like to point out like... mm -hmm, Go
2: ahead, Oh, yeah. I was
1: just going to say, you know, that's great that you brought that point up because in your bio, you know, you did mention like a powerful statement that kind of stuck out to me. And you said that you wanted to be a work in progress until the day you die. And I thought that that was amazing because it's so true. Like we're always improving. We're never, you know, yeah, we have peaks and we reach our highlights in life but we're always progressing to be something better to get better and better
2: what you hope yeah absolutely. Because I know I know tons of people that have stayed the same that they don't progress and yeah. you know I think it's and progressing is different things to different people mm-hmm. I'm somebody who likes change a lot so I like to make sure I like to make
3: sure
2: you know I like to make sure that when I'm doing stuff, that I'm not only am I learning something different, but that I'm also going someplace with it. So when I sit down and I do a new project, it's like, okay, I'm going to write an interview. I just did an interview of a filmmaker in Hollywood named Ace Norton.
3: He's mm-hmm. my
2: third interview that I did. So when I decided to do an interview of him, I knew I wanted to take it to a totally different level. So you you want to be progressing. In everything that you do, in life, in love, in relationships, and all that type of stuff, it's hard to do. You know, life beats you down sometimes, and you want to stay the same. You don't want to have to go out there and try so hard.
1: Absolutely, and that's definitely something to kind of see into. But, okay, it's time for another break. (laughs) So I guess we'll take that right now. So keep it right here. You're listening to The Thing.
0: Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook.
1: Kids safe,
0: mother approved. You're listening to Voice
1: America Kids.
4: Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune in to Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book.
0: Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're tuned in to Maddie Rose and the Fame Game on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, let's get back to our show.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the Fame Game. I'm your host, Maddie Rose, right here back again with Stacy. So, Stacy, we were just talking a little bit more about your documentary and you know, what is it like to kind of make progress and and go through obstacles and overcome them and be your own success story and all of that great stuff. So I guess the next thing to talk about is how has the entire experience of everything that you've gone through, the ups and the downs, whatever it may have been in your entire lifetime and bringing it to where you are now, how has that made an immense impact on you and made you into who you are today?
2: (laughs) Wow, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, you know, I like to say that the good, the bad, and the ugly, it's, it's what you are. So if you're content and happy with the kind of person that you are, then it, it's all worth it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it's possible to go through life and not have scars. I don't think it's possible to go through life and not have hurt people along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you do your best, And, um, you have a really good support system around you. One of the things that people always say as I was getting, you know, coming into the fashion industry was take a look at who your friends are because it's going to be a very good indication of where you're going in life.
3: Mm hmm
2: And when I look around at all the people that are around me, including my family, because I have a very wonderful, wonderful family, um they're all great people and they're all great people in their own way I mean they're all giving and compassionate and they're all successful and driven and so when we get when we all get together and have our dinners and drinks and talk about where we're going it's always very inspiring it's we're never looking at where we're at right now we're always looking at where we're going to be a year from now and so I think that the more obstacles and I mean and no one wants to go through obstacles and obstacles are different things for different people
3: Mm-hmm. What
2: may have been hard for me, somebody probably could have escaped through and not even felt it, and or I might have, you know, what might have been mountains to me, somebody may maybe never been able to overcome at all. So I don't know what the secret is in order to get over the obstacles, but I just know that the more obstacles that you get over, the smaller the obstacles become, because they they tend to not become mountains and they just tend to become a thought. Mm-hmm. So I it's like, okay, so I got this problem today. Well, I'll handle it. And you just move on. And that I think a lot of that too also comes with age. I'm not sure that you can really get that in your 20s and your 30s. I think a lot happens when you get to your 40s. that just kind of pushes a lot of it away. Um, and you just start dealing with what you want your legacy to be about, what you want to have around you, how you want to spend your time. It, and it's not so much asking yourself, about being happy so much because you, everybody wants to be happy, but you can't be happy 24 hours a day.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I say go for being content. Yes. More so than being happy because if you're content, then you are happy. And content lasts longer.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: I, 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 I don't know. I tend to think that that's how it's all shaped me. Patience. Um, I used to have a quick fuse when I was younger. I don't have a much quick fuse anymore. Um, I think once I started realizing about toxic people, toxic situations, you learn to just get rid of them. Yeah. You don't deal with them in the same way. You don't put your energies there anymore. And I think that also, too, obstacles and successes teaches you where to put your energies. And you learn very quickly where not to go. Very, very quickly.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you
2: can spot stuff very, very quickly. And, um... I just hope to continue that. That's all I, you know, just just want to continue. I, I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't plan it. Like you say, I used to have five-year plans like you. I stopped. But those stopped a couple of years ago because I, if you would have to told me two years ago I'd be I'm at today and doing all the things that I'm doing now, I would have told you you're crazy.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, and no vision of these things at all, and they've just been opportunities that have come up with me just over the last couple of years that so I've just run with them.
1: Definitely. Um,
2: yeah, just run with them. I tell everybody, if you get an opportunity to do stuff, run with it. Go. Just, mm-hmm. see, where it, just see where it takes you because you just have no idea.
1: Yeah, life's a blessing. It's so true. So, Stacy, just to kind of wrap this up because we are running out of time, how can others find more about you and your design company?
2: <laughs> Blanchedesigns.com. <laughs> That's got everything. It's got the movies. It's got the book. It's got the design company. It's it's a one stop shop that I tell everybody if you wanna know about what's going on. Because you know, I like to everybody comes from different points and how I've managed to make it all come together so that it all stays together in the fashion industry. So that the the interviews are people that are that are in the fashion industry. The movies I'm gonna be doing another movie in two thousand and fifteen which is going to be a fashion movie that I'll be producing and um it all kind of stays in the same family, but the opportunities just present themselves, and that's how they can find out everything that Washington Design is going to be doing.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Stacy, for talking with me
2: today and being on the air
1: and telling me about your story. It's been wonderful. It's such a pleasure talking to you.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. And with that being said, let's go ahead and introduce this week's featured song of the week, and it is going to be On Top of the World by Imagine Dragons, here it is. The Fame Game on the Voice America Kids Radio Network. This show has been produced by the Kidstar Radio Network for Voice America Kids. And again, thanks for listening. And up next is a song of
0: the. Thank you again for listening to The Fame Game on the Voice America Kids channel. Be sure to join Maddie Rose again next week for another great show.
4: From Phoenix, Arizona And host of Bookworm The kids star of the month This month is Back in school Neil Brewer and Friends Let's listen to Three Kids in the Car Three
5: Kids in the Car On the Monday morning Each one wishing that the others weren't born And can't say nothing Cause they've all been scorned Cause their mother's done and Had enough And the sisters sitting In the front seat Who at this point Of the song You need to realize Is about three months Away from getting Her driver's license She's thinking to herself I can't believe that I'm still riding with them I hope that we're not seen by some of my friends And if by chance I fail the driver's exam sitting behind her, who at this point of the song you need to realize is about five years younger than she is, but he's still about two years older than his little brother sitting next to him. He glares down at his little brother and he's thinking to himself, I can't wait till our sister's finally gone, then I'll sit up front cause that's where I belong, and I'll be rid of you, you miserable worm, why don't you just run away? Three kids in a car on the Monday morning. Each one wishing that the others weren't born They can't say nothing cause they've all been scorned Cause their mother's done bad enough And the little brother Who at this point of the song we need to realize is a whole lot smarter Than the other two think he is He glares back up at his big brother And he's thinking to himself I know that there's nobody back because they've all been scorned because their mother's done had enough. And the mother who's been driving all this time, she's thinking to herself things that I'd better not say. So we'll just pretend that she's thinking
4: Kid Star of the Month is Back in School by Neil Brewer and Friends. All musical proceeds Neil Brewer and Friends received are donated to the Harvard Stem Cell Institute to put an end to muscular dystrophy. For more information, go to the Kid Star website, www.kidstar.org.